0: Welcome, Bears fans! Once again to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim, and uh, we got a couple of different things uh, lined up. Um, first of all, let's just dive right in and get to the misery that we call our offensive line.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we're here to figure out why players keep getting hurt in practice. I mean, <laughs> is it gremlins? I'm just I'm so done with this preseason because half the team's not practicing and. They won't say whether or not the injuries are serious. So if they don't say anything, then that means we're supposed to assume that they're not serious. But then sometimes players are just mysteriously out for a month. and now, There are guys practicing that we'll never see again. And, and now Tevin Jenkins is is hurt and we just don't know. So I, I just want to fast forward ahead to whatever the first practice is the week leading up to the Green Bay game. And then anybody that's not practicing in that is serious because... Right now, yeah. everyone's just not practicing, and I'm, I'm just sick of it. Are, are you as fed up with this as I am? Yes.
0: I mean, it's just such a buzzkill. And it's like, it it's almost seems like it's easier to name the players that, that haven't been hurt. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, the list is just ridiculously long. I mean, I understood it for the last game, you know. I mean, we they didn't need to put anybody of importance out there. Uh, for the preseason game. Um, in you know, we, of course, we want to give a Bear scat shout-out to Tyson Badger because he did have a good game. Yeah, we'll get to him. But, um, but the thing is, is that what is... Are they tripping on seams <laughs> in the field? What, what is it? Is it is it in the water? Uh, you know, I don't understand how this can all be happening already. And like, what, what are they doing with the linemen? So... We know Tevin Jenkins is out
1: for several weeks. He's missing the start of the year. again. Cody Whitehair apparently hurt his hand, so he can't snap. So now he's got to move from center back to guard. And
0: see, and and Cody's been like a staple. I mean, really, he hasn't missed that much time in his career.
1: Second year in a row, by the way, that whoever the starting center was supposed to be injured his hand in in training camp. That's right. So, So Whitehair's got to move back to left guard, which means that Lucas Patrick, who was hurt is now playing center but he's also not practicing again as of the last couple of days. Well,
0: and you know, um, our buddy uh Kramer has been has been getting some snaps. Yeah, they're down
1: to their, they were down to their third string center. I mean, Pat Patrick was out and then he was back and now he's out again and then Nate Davis was out, and then back, and now out again. And now Darnell Wright is hurt, so it's just like... Has, has Nate Davis actually put on pads at some I, point? I think he did one padded <laughs> practice. So it's just like, five of your top six offensive linemen... I want photographic five, evidence! Five, five of your six offensive linemen that you're expecting things from have, have been hurt, or are hurt, so... I'm pretty, and, They gave Davis $20 million bucks. I think. Yeah, I think so, that sounds right, and... It sounds like they expect him to be ready, but, I mean, you've already lost Jenkins for the start of the year. White hair's had to move position, so things aren't great there. Chase Claypool hasn't practiced in, what, two weeks now? And I, I, there's injuries on the defense, too. I, I, th- I think Brisker's been out a while. Edmonds was out for, like, 21 days, and he's back now, but Eddie Jackson hasn't been practicing again, so... You don't know what it, how much of this is they're just being cautious, or what maybe is expected to be a week or two, or or what could linger into the season, and, and they won't tell us. But right, it, it's just it's gotten to the point where I'm just annoyed because it seems like injuries have been the primary story of camp for the last three weeks, and
0: I'm I'm just ready for camp to be done. And you know the the other part of that is it. it I understand that. You know, they want to have a blanket of secrecy on what the injuries are, how long they're going to last. But it's like, come on, guys, it it, it it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, this isn't a, this isn't top secret classified, uh, you know, a, a world secret that needs to be kept under wraps at, at all costs. You know, we, we we could we would tell you, but then we have to kill you. Uh, it, it's not that. It's not that high level. I mean, you know, and then they when they do talk about the injury, it's, well, he has a leg injury or he has an arm injury or he has a hand injury. Okay, well, can you at least give us an idea when he might be back? Yeah, is it really that high?
1: You don't even have to say what the injury is. Just say, we expect him back in a couple of days or we expect him back in a week because just Bears fans that have gone through this enough times understand that these dated injuries sometimes turn into oh he's out a month or oh he's out a, out a year so y- your mind goes to the worst case scenario because we've seen it so many times and the beat writers have been complaining about this too because other teams in the preseason will give you at least a general idea of how serious the injury is i mean they all play the secrecy game to some degree but right the ibra flu j- just seems to be taking it to an extreme and when you've got I think yesterday twenty one players didn't practice. I mean <laughs> that that's that's a quarter of the players that are on the roster right now and we just went through the list. There's plenty of important players on that
0: list, so Bears announced that the uh that Fields will uh will be starting yeah. against the Bills. In- interesting because
1: as we were just talking about with the line, I mean you're gonna be down to third stringers in some spots so i heard some speculation that maybe they would just sit fields again but
0: it sounds like all the starter uh uh flues came out and said that our starters are going to play they're going to play a selected number of plays uh i will say this the number of plays we will discuss after this so he's not saying how many but um, you got to assume it'll probably be pretty similar to that first game, well, and, and the healthy starters, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah. I guess um, I guess that's a little bit different than week one. And week one, we were all looking at it, going, "Oh, you know, look at all our starters are all out there." But uh, that was before I don't know injury hell fell on us, or well, and it's just again, I, I don't want to
1: freak out too much before Packers week because. It is still camp, and they've still got time, and maybe they're just being cautious with some of these guys, but I'm starting to get the John Fox vibes a little bit, which, (laughs) if you remember the John Fox era, the one thing that I remember from those three years was it felt like every single week, somebody important was getting hurt in practice, and again, maybe none of these injuries are serious, maybe all these guys will be ready to go with pads on leading up to the Packer game, but... I'm just annoyed that every day it's another injury and I'm just I'm just sick of it. So that's all we have to say. We can we can move on to talk
0: about Well, them. I will I will say just real quick though. Um you the, you made the biggest point and the biggest point is week 1 is what matters, right. right? Week 1 against the Packers is as big of a game in recent memory as there is. And that's what we're all going to be looking forward to. So, if they all mispractice up leading up to then, well, then so be it. That's fine. But, uh, you know, it just it, it paints a not very pretty picture. And especially for Tevin Jenkins, um, yeah. you know, we we got to comment on him. I, I I was mentioning before the show uh, that I read that he's actually only played six games. Um, it, it That's just... For a second-round pick, uh, that's not acceptable. And I, I thought it looked like he was coming into this camp in the best uh, in the best shape of his career, and you know, really on 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 point in focus for being the starter at right guard. And you know, all of a sudden, he's already missing week one.
1: Yeah, I don't know, six games, so he started 11 last year, but regardless, he's missed a lot of time. Yeah, and the
0: The way that I read this was, um, he only has six games where he's played most of the snaps started in those finished. games. Yeah.
1: That, that makes sense to me. Um, anyway, I mean, you feel, it, it sucks because this is now his third position that they've tried him at, and... I think he's got the potential to be a really good guard. Maybe he does he, seem like he
0: has the potential like, to
1: be really good. Like maybe even like top of the league. and the fact that he can't stay on the field for whatever reason is just, I'm sure really frustrating for him and it's frustrating for us. I mean, what I heard from Biggs is that it's about a six week injury. so there's three weeks to the season. Hopefully he only misses, call it the first month. And then can be back out there in October. But you never know with him because things just seem to compound. I mean, how do you sprain both of your calves? (laughs) That's what the injury is, right? Two sprained calves. So it's just like, how does that happen? Especially because my understanding was he completed the last full practice they had in Indy. And then didn't play in the game, obviously. So it's like, when did the injury happen? And so... I don't know. It's another injury with him that just these things keep adding up. And, yeah, for a second-round pick to have only played less than half of his games start to finish is really disappointing. And I, I think he's got the talent to be a special player, but that only gets you so far if you're not available. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only one that we know of right now. That's going to linger into the season for sure. Hopefully none of these others do, but man, it's just another guy seems to go down every day. And players have come back too, but sometimes they come back and then they're out again, it seems like. So I don't know. It's just, I'm ready to be done with camp. That's the moral, <laughs> that's,
0: that's the moral of the story. Right. And uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with week one. Yep. So on the
1: game, not much. I mean, none of the starters played, and you mentioned Bajent and I I think he's got a special place in our heart because Chris brought him up on this show, so heard it here first. I I know Chris has been loving the fact that Tyson Bajent has been putting on a bit of a show in the preseason, and tell you what, the guy's got Chicago's attention. He's been a huge topic of conversation on the radio all week. You've seen a ton of chatter about him on Bears' Twitter, and I've heard people say that you got to get him on the roster and you got to get him out there because he's on his rookie deal. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) Chicago's got
0: Bajan fever. Um, I guess, what
1: have have been your thoughts? Well, I mean, you know,
0: it's just like, it's typical Bears fans to go from one extreme to another because, I mean, uh, you know, after that game, I was reading some of the buzz, and I saw one guy, one of the quote-unquote, writers on Twitter uh, who had posted that we now have two franchise quarterbacks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just like, wow, I now feel dumber (laughs) just from having read that. Uh, But, um, you know, uh, Biggs uh, talked about it uh, this week in uh, his Q&A. Um, you know, of course, it was a you know he got a bunch of questions about whether uh, Badger will be elevated to the number two spot and Biggs' overall um, message to me was that uh, he he didn't see that happening for a while. No. They brought in uh, Walker specifically because they feel like Walker can uh, operate the offense uh, that he does have some similar traits to to fields. And that he has some veteran experience. Um, I am a person that feels like badgeant could maybe take that number two spot, but um, the one thing that Biggs didn't talk—you know—he he did a measured response on it, which I appreciated. But the one thing he didn't talk about very much was Walker has looked poor. Yeah, he sure uh, has. There, I mean, there's not another word for it. Uh, he and. I understand that yes, it's preseason, but um, it'd be one thing if he's even if he even looked average, but he hasn't even looked average uh, so far. So, and his, he, you know, he, the the team he's coming from, he he did not have good numbers with them, so he doesn't exactly have a great track record. But um, this is what they have a coaching staff for. This is what they have management for. Is they're supposed to make these kind of decisions and granted I am in the camp uh, with biggs on yeah badgin's brand new he's he's just coming out of a tiny school and the thought of putting him on the field as a starter uh, against another NFL team's defensive line is a pretty scary thought so um, but uh, I think uh, I think right now um, you know we we, we need to we need to temper uh excitement just a little bit there <laughs> yeah i agree with you i think
1: that y- there's no way you'd be able to throw agent out there even in a backup role right away no you know maybe if you give him some time to sit in the quarterback meetings and uh, learn nfl game speed maybe he can develop into a solid player he, he looks like he's got a good arm right? And his poise also looked very good too. Yeah. And in his time out there, he he has been impressive. The phrase phrase that I I heard is that he just looks the part. And I I agree, but you got to remember he's playing against backups who aren't game planning, right? I mean, think about how hard it is when teams actually start putting in real defensive game plans. Like think about how hard it is for players that have come from Bama, Ohio State, USC, right? Like these these major quarterbacks. Think about how hard it is for them to adjust to that because it's the fastest game they've ever played in their life, and it's the smartest game plans. I mean, just the difference in in college game plans versus pro game plans. I mean, college kids are in the locker room, call it six hours a day maybe. Pros are watching film in meetings from dawn to dusk. I mean, NFL NFL game weeks are 100-hour work. And yep. That's all game planning, and that's all scheming up ways to trick the quarterback. So it's just a different level of competition at Shepard compared to the NFL. And people keep bringing up Brock Purdy. It's like Brock Purdy played in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was playing Brett Venables. Uh, Iowa State. Yeah, he was playing Brett Venables. He was playing against Texas. That's it's not the NFL, but it's a lot different than what they're seeing down at Shepard. Yeah. So B- Baygent. Looks like maybe he does have a little bit of potential, but the people saying he's earned the
0: number two spot, I mean, I, I well, don't And, I don't, and, I and Purdy don't think also, that's right. Purdy had some national vision, too. I mean, he he didn't just suddenly pop out of nowhere. The, the, the And he's playing the, for the, Kyle the, Shanahan. Yeah, the, 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 the talking heads recognized that kid when he was still playing at Iowa State. There was a lot of promise for him. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a,
1: a fair comparison, I don't think. I mean, as bad as walkers looked... It, He's played in the NFL before, and he's, yeah. he's 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 won some NFL games, right? I mean, his numbers are bad, but he's at least been out there. And a lot of times, especially in this case, the hope with your backup quarterback is it's just somebody, somebody there to help the starting quarterback. Bajan can't do that right now, right? I mean, he's just not been out there. He's got to learn himself. So the question becomes, is it worth sticking him on the roster as your third quarterback or you risk putting him down in the practice squad? And we're going to see how that plays out. I'll tell you this. I'd rather have him on the roster than Peterman. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I've seen enough of Nathan Peterman. I, I can tell you that he's terrible. And if you get rid of him, I think you'll be able to get him onto the practice squad pretty much no problem. And with Bajant, I think he might be able to get him onto the practice squad too. And this is where I should probably learn the rule a little bit better. Because if you cut somebody and you... Put Him on the practice squad, do you have to put him on waivers? I think, yes, you, I think you do. Okay, so then another team could claim him, yes. So you, if you cut him, you risk losing him.
0: This is, um, this is key. Uh, I want to jump in here with you on this because, um, this was in uh, Big's article. This surprised me a little bit, um, because actually, Olin Kroots, right after that game. Was part of the Badgeant hype. And he immediately tweeted out, does this kid make it to the to the practice squad, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool to see him chime in. But um, this was the part that I thought was interesting is uh, Big says... I'm trying to find the spot now. He said that they had... Fourteen quarterbacks get drafted in uh, in April, and yeah, fourteen. So I didn't realize it was that many, but actually, that's that's not that's a little bit above average, yeah, but that's seems, not real above average. Seems you know, like a real lot, real far. But yeah, fourteen quarterbacks were selected in this draft. So does another team? go and cuz if you if you do take him off the practice squad you must put him on your roster okay. so does another team go okay this kid is a brand new rookie from a small school who's looked good in a in a in one preseason game is it worth me having to drop another player make a roster spot for him have him learn the whole system uh, just to bring him in off uh, off Chicago's practice squad. And when you look at it that way, and like I said, you know, he wasn't even drafted. He was undrafted free agent. There's 14 other guys that were drafted. And, you know, we also don't know about other guys who are just going to get cut. Right. It's like suddenly it puts it a little bit more in perspective of, He'll probably make it to the practice squad if, if, if they go and decide to move him
1: there. I think probably because I just don't see how you can realistically expect him to play in the NFL this year. Yeah. Like, coming from Shepard, right? So, it's, the question is, do you want to stick him on your roster as the third quarterback and then essentially just tell your coach you're, you're down a roster spot this right, year? Right, right. Like, you got 52 instead of 53. And I was looking at this, too, because I was kind of like, you know, uh, maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing if you think this kid can develop into a decent backup, right? Like, Definitely. Just say, say you're down a player, right? So I, I went back last year. I, I was just kind of curious. Like, I, I, I wanted to see who the inactives were week one, because I was like, all right, if I got this list of players that weren't active on GameDread week one last year, it's like, this is kind of the group of, you'd have to pick one to do without, right? So here here were the names. Vilas Jones, Elijah Hicks, Alex Leatherwood, Jatire Carter, Kingsley, Jonathan, Trayvon Wesco. So it's like, all right, you, you could probably get by with one of those guys. It's like who? Yeah,
0: it's like you, you can
1: you can probably get by with with one fewer of those guys, and you could say, well, Bears were worst team in the league last year. So then I went back to twenty nineteen which was the last time the Bears were, were good, right? Or supposed to be good, at least. Right. Here, and this is Bears-Packers week one. So, like, biggest game of the Bears' last five years, call it, right? Yeah. So, here were the inactives then. Trey Burton, Kevin Tolliver, Josh Woods, Riley Ridley, Rashad Coward, Abdullah Anderson, Kareth White. Yeah. So, so, the bottom of your roster, like, you can find a spot there, I think. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not like... All 53 guys on your roster are super valuable. But Baygent, if he's there, you're, you're pretty much saying this is just a roster spot for somebody that's going to give us absolutely nothing this year. Kareth White. Kareth, what was he, a, was he a
0: sixth or a seventh? I don't know. He was fast, right? Yeah. yeah. He was the sixth or seventh round pick. But, I mean, they're going to always keep Almost always they're going to keep draft picks over undrafted guys. That's just the way it is in the NFL. So you're seeing drafted guys that uh, you know were sitting that that first week, you know, not uh not taking spots. So I, yeah, I, I I would be surprised if it's a if it's an issue. So here's here's the what what I would ask, right? And
1: did the Bears go into this preseason expecting to keep two or three at Quarterbacks on the active roster.
0: I think it's two, I and think it's two I brought all- this. I brought this up the other day, and I had some people saying that it was three, but I don't remember it being three. I've always remembered it being two, especially Polls does not seem to me as the kind of guy that's going to advocate for having three quarterbacks, um, simply because he he's about making spots for all the rest of the guys, especially with Fields. Right. I mean, because when it really comes down to it. This is the other part. If we lose fields, the team is in deep doo-doo
1: way. Anyway. Right. Well, that was kind of my thought on it because... The, and the rules are different this year, too. You, you can essentially have a third quarterback designated right. as active on, and, and it doesn't count against the 45. Yeah. So, more teams might keep three. And if they're going to keep three, I'd rather keep Bajin over Peterman because if Peterman gets out there, the season's over. Oh, Peterman is gone. Yeah, so I'm just like, if if the the plan was to keep three, he, he just needs to go buy a car dealership. <laughs> well, I'm, and here's, the, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be on the practice squad. I don't know what he's going to be doing, but I, I'm sure they'll cut him. I and, think you make it eight, like eighty grand a, uh, a week, though. Yeah, you make a,
0: a pretty, <laughs> you make a lot of money on the. I practice think you make squad. a pretty
1: nice living on the practice yeah. squad. So I'm sure that's where he'll be, but if the plan all along was to keep two I don't think you change that plan because I just don't think Bayesian's gonna give you anything this year and maybe you take your chances and try to sneak them on the practice squad and say hey kid let's let's take a year and learn because I think once somebody gets to the practice squad I think you can pay them more I don't think you have to pay them the minimum I, and and that's a way to keep them from signing with someone else I think the Bears did that a couple years ago with the who was the on, who was the lineman from Notre Dame, not Mustafa.
0: Yeah, um... I think
1: I remember that where they had he was on the practice squad and a team tried to sign him away and the Bears gave him more money so he didn't leave. I, I think you can do stuff like that once they get there. So I, I think that's probably what they're gonna do because I, I just find it hard to believe that a team is gonna. Want to use a, a roster spot to pluck away Tyson Badgett from the Bears? Yeah,
0: it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem likely. Um, and you know, w- when it when it comes down to it, um, it also a, a big factor is you know how the how the rest of the how the rest of the team is holding up. Because I mean, you and I started off the show talking about the offensive line. How many offensive line are we going to have to keep? A lot. You know, I mean, you know, that's no joke. I mean, there's second and third string guys that are getting, you know, regular, regular snaps right now. Um, the starting five is as far from settled as it was three months ago. So how, how does that proceed? And how many guys do they end up having to, to keep on there? I mean, is its it, is it going to be eight? Is it going to be ten? Um I think I, I i think eight is about normal i think like 10 yeah like 12 se- would be a se- lot
1: seven active on game day and then yeah. you uh, have one inactive and i mean tevin jenkins i mean if he's gonna miss four weeks they might just start him on ir because i think ir keeps you out six. four yeah i think it's six. it might be four but anyway like they might do that so that's an extra roster spot and you hope. Or oh, is it six? You hope that's. I don't remember. It, it's it's more than three, but it's less than eight. I know that. Yeah. So, you could do things like that, and all, I mean, there's other injuries too you have to worry about, right? I mean, we we've been told the only one so far that we know is serious is Jenkins, but I'm not positive that all 22 of these guys that have been missing practice are going to be ready to go in three weeks. So, yeah, it. it the injuries do complicate things, and they might just need the extra spot. Four, four. Okay, so I think that then that makes perfect sense, right? If if you think Jenkins is going to be out three, just tell him to sit sit an extra week out, and you got an a, a open roster spot for somebody else for four weeks, and then you figure it out after that because you're not going to make it through four weeks without another person getting injured. So. More to come. I mean, just on that note, I think this is our last episode we're gonna do before final cut down. I think final cut down is next Tuesday. Yep. Uh, any thoughts on potential surprise cuts or surprise make the team? I mean, what's kind of your read on how? how well,
0: the, I mean, obviously, Badgin is the is the most buzz for right now. But um, I, I've been, you know, of course the. The masses have been publishing their thoughts on what the depth chart is going to look like. Um, I've seen a few of them that don't have um, uh, Deonta Foreman on them. And yeah, it's like, I've seen that too. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think he is. Um, they specifically went and got him to to fill a very specific hole, and I don't see them. Abandoning that idea already. Um, Herbert is obviously the unquestioned starter, but I didn't. I've never thought for one moment that Herbert is going to be, uh, you know, a twenty to thirty snap guy, uh, a carry guy in, in this offense. Um, I saw him more as maybe a fifteen to twenty kind of touch guy. Right certainly running back by committee certainly uh multiple guys getting out there for touches and that is Deonta Foreman that is also Roshan Johnson uh I think even you might see appearances from Ebner still or I think he's hurt now too um Homer right well I, I know that they brought in Homer primarily for special teams but um you know, I think that I think we will we'll see him on the field at in spot in, in spot plays in the regular season.
1: I've been wondering because I think the reason a lot of people are projecting Foreman being cut is because right now it seems like there's at least five running backs that are gonna make this team. There's Herbert, Foreman, Roshan, Homer, and then Blossengain. Yeah. So I mean that is a lot. I think teams typically only keep but I also don't think most teams carry a fullback. So, I
0: think... Yeah, I, fullback is the weird spot. Yeah, and you, you wonder, are they committed to that? I think he's pretty... I think he's got himself a spot. I think so, too. Because they, re, they re-signed him. Yeah, that's right. And um, he's he's demonstrated that, um, uh, that he can take the ball out of the backfield and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean... I mean Week one, the the preseason week one, he was already involved in, you know, what, like the third snap? Yeah. So, like, I mean,
1: maybe if you need to cut someone, maybe it's Travis Homer because the, a big strength of Roshan Johnson's is also special teams. So maybe those two are repetitive. But I kind of feel like they're going to find a way to keep all four because they're not cutting Herbert. They specifically went out and got both Homer and Foreman and they drafted Johnson. So these are three guys that they committed to. I mean not a, right. not, not a ton of money, but it's not no, but it's not re- like there's resource allocation. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think I kind of think all four are going to make it and they're going to, you know, maybe that's what ends up costing um I agree. Bait, bait into the roster spot could be or, or you just make a cut somewhere else. I mean, Man, Equinemius St. Brown's had a rough preseason. Yeah, like he's had what, like four drops. And I know that's not why he's on the roster, but he hasn't done himself any favors. Same with Pettis. Yeah, Pettis, and he's hurt again now, of course. And uh, Vilas Jones is hurt, and also been, you know, obviously had the big fumble that we talked about. So I, I don't know how many receivers they're planning to keep because the the guys that have been quote unquote competing for. Call it those last couple spots in that room haven't been very impressive, and
0: well, and part of it also is is that you got to look at it as pass catchers for the for the team on the whole, right? Well, um, you know, uh, as far as the receivers go, uh, you you've got your your solid guys in more Claypool and Mooney
1: if Claypool is healthy,
0: and if Claypool is healthy, um, and then you've also got both of the top two tight ends um, in commit and Tanyan. So you got five guys right there. Um, how many more receivers did they stick on there? is St. Saint- Brown, you know, there's a good chance though. He keeps his spot because of his tack uh, because of his blocking ability and his, and his special teams capabilities, you know? um, I, I I personally think that they even shouldn't even have brought Pettis back. I think he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think they just brought him back as
1: punt return depth. And, oh, and
0: let's not forget Scott. He's also Scott has a spot. There's no doubt about that.
1: Oh yeah, they're not cutting him. Fourth, so fourth round pick. Uh,
0: you know, um, so you know you got your you got four guys right there. Plus, and you know that's kind of what we've been saying too is that. ESB is number five, so mm-hmm. you got five. There's five wide receivers right there, um, and you got to also have a spot for Mercedes Lewis, right? Uh, another player that I've seen
1: speculation around is uh, Travis Gibson. Yeah, uh, he's been pretty noticeable in the preseason, but again, that's against backups. And there's another player in that room that's really shown up in practice and. In the preseason, and that's Terrell Lewis. Yeah, I don't know that they're keeping six edge rushers because you know when is making it, you know Walker's making it, you know um, Dominique Robinson's going to make it, and you know uh, who's the guy from Seattle Green. Yeah, he's making it, right? So then there, there's probably room for a Sean fifth. Green. Yeah, so there's probably room for a fifth, and I think Lewis has made this team, and man, I mean Travis. Gibson. I, mean, I hope Lewis
0: has made this team. I
1: do too. And Gibson, I mean, he was drafted by the old regime. Right. And his best year was under the old regime. And last year was terrible. I yeah. Mean, he, he was expected to take a bit of a next step. And he was He, a part, regressed. he was a part of a pass rush that was the worst in the league. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him.
0: And, and you know. You, you brought up the preseason game um, last week where he really kind of stood out. That also could be viewed as audition for another team. Gibson, absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone would trade for him.
1: But no. I'm sure. He'll be a cut. Someone will bring him in. Yeah, and I think
0: the way I've seen a lot of these. no, I, I suppose he could be a seventh-round pick, though. I mean, if you like him and, you know, you instead of putting him in, you see if you get him through uh, – waiver wire. Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway, I I, 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 was hoping, I was definitely hoping for more from him. Um, I, when I first started reading the rumors about him possibly getting cut, uh, I was, I was a little disappointed because I was still hoping to see homegrown talent develop into, uh, a, you know, a, at least a solid rotational player and I don't know whether that's what they got in him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I I thought for a while there that he looked the part. I mean, the the year that I think he had six sacks, he really showed up on tape, and he was in the backfield and a couple of those quarterback hits. I remember he like took Mike Glennon's head off. <laughs> uh, he just hasn't ever taken. That, yeah, he just has, <laughs> hasn't ever taken that next step, and I don't know. I. I, I don't know if there's room for him, especially with injuries at these other positions. And other thing is offensive line. I mean, there, there are some guys there that have, have been here the last couple of years. And I'm thinking specifically of Larry Borum and Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. I, I don't know about either of them. I, I, I think maybe those two make like the first 53, but then as other teams make their cuts, Maybe the Bears bring in new offensive linemen and those two guys get cut. I mean, I I just... I don't know about either of them. I I, I just... I don't. You know,
0: maybe it's just me, but I kind of get the feeling that the team is, like, hanging around waiting for Leatherwood. I I don't know why I get that vibe. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything at all. Um, But they've kept him on the roster, you're right. But, yeah, but they've kept him around, and it seems like... You know, they're waiting for him they, they have a some kind of connection there that they want to keep him around to see what will happen. And maybe that's wrong, but um or maybe it's just the you know, the the tantalizing temptation of the possibilities due to the guy's you know, just his physical qualities.
1: He has to be the most talked about bear that's never played a snap. I mean, did he, did he, did, did he, did he play a, a, a snap last year? I don't think so. If he did, it was towards the end, but I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, here, first round pick out of Bama, he won awards at Bama, and you know there's got to be talent there, but he just has not translated to the pro level, and I kind of get what you mean. I, I was kind of surprised to see him back in camp at all this year, because... Last year they right. they claimed him right away, and he just never did anything. And and, I, and there was
0: there was opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah, there was plenty of opportunity to get in and uh, get some reps and to put yourself on tape. But he just never did. So I, I, I kind of just assumed that that was going to be a one and done, and he was going to be gone. But he's been back, and I mean he's been playing in the preseason. I don't you know know that he's been that impressive, but he's been out there. And I've seen him projected on, on most of the rosters. I don't know if that's just because of the injuries and you need depth or what, but I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, that could very well be one where Bears get done with their cuts and they got their 53 and he's on it, and then two days later he's cut to bring in somebody from another team. Yeah. What yeah. A, did anything come of that guy they claimed from the Lions? Or is he just I, Logan Sternberg? Stenberg?
0: Oh, yeah. I have totally forgot about that uh, guy. Has he
1: played at all? Not that I know of. Okay. I don't know whether he's still. He was a linebacker, right? No, he's a lineman. Uh, did he. I. Eh,
0: whatever. I don't, it sounds, <laughs> mo- moving on. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So we got a few things here that we were going to uh, talk about. Let's see. Um, first of all, uh, the. the um, uh ESPN put out a new uh a new list today, and you know that we love our lists. Uh NFL sack projections for 2023. Seth Walder over there uh ranked the top 50 pass rushers and um the Bears actually do have one listed on it. One of our our Woo-hoo! new guy <laughs> our new guy is listed uh, Yannick is Yannick. Yannick. Yannick Ingo- in, in-, Gak- in-, in Gak- Yannick in- Uh Is listed as number 20. Uh, and they're predicting 7.7 7 sacks. So about 8, about eight sacks. Um, what do you think? Uh, my first reaction is that's
1: a little low. I, I think sometimes maybe these projections. Because he's coming off... Ten and nine and a half, I think. And I think he's never had less than eight, right? Yeah. I think sometimes maybe these projections, you get a little bit pushed down a little bit just in case there's injuries, right? So maybe they're assuming he doesn't play every game. But, I mean, the fact that the Bears have somebody in the top 50 is is good because they haven't in a couple years now. Right. I guess you probably would have put Quinn in there last year, but when the season started, he was a non-factor, so... It's definitely good that there's somebody that's on the national radar is at least going to be competent. And, I mean, somewhere between 8 and 10 feels about right to me, I guess. Who, who are the players listed around him? That's always good. So,
0: uh, right in front of him at number 19 is Josh Allen from Jacksonville. A lot of buzz about him right now because he has not lived up to his draft spot. No. Um and uh, uh people are wondering if he is going to get uh the fifth year option um after this season right behind him at number 21 Von Miller. Oh, that's interesting. Um with Buffalo, uh they are saying Von Miller is looking really good. Uh, that's the buzz that I've read about him. Um of course, he he's you know 45 now. Yeah, right. So um, off the torn uh,
1: ACL. I, I think there's been some questions about if he's going to start the year. Because Buffalo doesn't really need him. Uh, like They could give him the first few games off, and then he's fresh. Right. But, I mean, Todd Miller, Hall of Famer, right? So, I guess, good company.
0: There's a, There are a few former Bears on here. Course, um, number 24 is Leonard Floyd. Wow. Uh, good, for, good for him. Yeah, at 7.3, playing for Buffalo. Um, well... We also have on here Khalil Mack. Mack has fallen, has tumbled down a little bit. He's number thirty-five at six point eight, and uh, you know I I, I gotta say, um, I, I I thought that Mack would have a little bit bigger year than he did last year uh, playing with the Chargers because I I I felt you know because he's not the since he's not the primary focus there, the the, the whole idea was that you know he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be facing double or triple teams uh, nearly as much, and he really didn't make that much noise uh, considering. And he was healthy too. I, I'm just looking him up. He played all 17 games. Yeah,
1: but only had eight sacks. Yeah,
0: and I mean, you know, considering uh, considering what. You know the the other side of the ball there with, with with Joey Bosa. You know you you would have thought that maybe that would have been uh, a little bit higher number there. So what did the Bears get for him again? Is that a uh, second and, uh, and a, third. a
1: third? I think, or a fourth, maybe. Yeah, I think it was a fourth. It's Pretty good for someone that kind of seems like they're on the the, the wrong side of their career, right? Yeah.
0: All right, second and second and a fifth. Uh, maybe that was it. I think it was the second and the fifth. But I mean, um, you know, I mean, one of the things is is that's that scene here is you know you mentioned Quinn. He you know Quinn is is he even still in the league? No, he's not
1: in the roster. Yeah,
0: and you know Mac is has has tumbled down to where he is now. Um, it, it made a lot of sense getting rid of those guys. Uh, it, it might you know right at the beginning of the season there was a lot of turmoil about that a lot of hubbub and it really shows that they made the right decision you know the hardest one of course from last year was Roquan but I really feel like that was a good trade off they you know he he got to go to Baltimore and and uh they gave him the giant deal and we signed two other linebackers for about the same amount yeah. so uh, uh, it's tough to be mad about that one in it, hindsight. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, him being gone helped you get the first overall pick. That's right. That That's exactly right, which turned out to be huge. Okay, uh, the next uh, thing that we're going to talk about from uh, ESPN is the new power rankings came out. First one of the year. We love our power rankings. NFL preseason power rankings, how all 32 teams stack up. So the special that they did uh, this week is um, who has the most at stake this season. Who is on the hot seat for each team in 2023? They they picked one person, and that could have been that, that can be a, a coach, that could be management, that could be a player. Yeah. Um, so the number one ranked team, of course, is the Chiefs. Um, and it's funny uh, they have the same person on the hot seat that they did last year, Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Helaire. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which to me his seat isn't hot anymore. It's more like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> he, I'm surprised he's still on the team. When when like
1: the running the second string running back is the hottest seat though. are you're, yeah. you're sitting pretty good. That you're sitting pretty if, good. if that's your biggest problem. Yeah.
0: Uh, the the top-ranked NFC team is at number two, and that's the Eagles. Their uh, hot seat person was special teams coach Michael Clay. I don't see that as really being that big of a deal. Uh, dropping down to the first team of the NFC North. The first team of the NFC North is at number 10. That's the Detroit Lions. And their person on the hot seat is who I would put there as well. Quarterback Jared Goff. Yeah, what do you got to say about that?
1: Ah, uh, interesting. I mean, they got the Lions, the top ten team. That's, that's Goff is signed
0: through twenty twenty four, but the team drafted Hendon Hooker in the third round.
1: I'm just trying to think real quick. I mean, it feels like there should probably be ten teams better than Detroit. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe there's not. Uh, but I mean, clearly. It's a very talented roster, and I, I think the consensus around the league is that they'll go as far as Goff will take them, and yeah, I like Hendon Hooker, I think he's coming off an injury, right, so yeah. I don't think he's ready to go, um, I mean, you want, the the hope there is that Hooker doesn't need to play this year, you, you want it to be Goff, I mean, Goff was very good last year, especially in the second half, that team won some games, yeah. but... There's still going to be the fear with him that if you get into a big spot or if you get into a playoff game, that he's going to kill you.
0: Yeah, and that's he—he he hasn't demonstrated uh, the year-to-year dependability that you need out of your starting quarterback. Um, you know, I, I ran the joke all last year that <laughs> Jared Goff sucks, yep. and I, I got—I had to eat some—I had to eat, eat some crow for that. But uh, still, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, in the second half, he had good numbers. He had he had a good QBR, but when it comes down to it, it's about winning, and it's about winning the uh, winning a playoff game, and winning the Super Bowl. Um, oh, and let's not forget that the the buzz the the Lions should be good this year. Buzz is higher than ever. Wow. Last time they made uh, they won the division, 1993. Um, and there, so I listened to it. That was the
1: uh, NFC Central. I listened, So I listened to a gambling show. It's called You Better You Bet. And they've got a phrase that's called the this is our year team. And, <laughs> like, that. that's kind of a team that's, like, historically been bad. But they've kind of, like, been building up, building up. And now, like, this is our year. Like, everything's lined up for us. Like, think, like, 2019 Bears, right? Yeah. And those teams just historically underachieve yep. when they don't have the quarterback. And, I mean, the Lions, this has to be their year. They're The NFC is as weak as it's ever going to be. I mean, there's got to only be two teams ahead of them on this list, right? Philly and the 49ers. Or maybe the Cowboys you'd put ahead of them.
0: Let's see here. As far as the NFC, um, well, the Niners. Yep. So the Eagles are at 2, the Niners are at 4. Uh, the Cowboys are at seven. Okay, so Detroit's fourth. And, yeah, Detroit is fourth.
1: I mean, that's probably a, a right, that's probably right in terms of the power rankings
0: of the NFC. I would put the Seahawks above, uh, the Lions myself.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, you could go either way there.
0: I, 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 I would put more faith in Carol. in Pete Carroll and Geno. And Gino Versus Campbell and Goff. Yeah,
1: I think I like that. And, I mean, yeah, the track record of success is is just there with one and not the other. I guess, just to set a curious, who are, like, the next, like, couple teams after
0: Detroit? Uh, Let's see here. So, Detroit, uh, like, uh, goes to the next is is the Seahawks at 12. Okay. Um, And then uh, the next one after that is our second team from the north. The Vikings. Yeah, the, uh, sorry, not like NFC, just like who, who are the next
1: two teams on the list? Oh, the next two side. teams
0: on the list. Um, so Lions at 10, Jacksonville at 11, uh, Seahawks at 12. Okay, I mean,
1: yeah, I guess that that's probably who who you would group them with.
0: They have the Jets at 13, um, and then, like I said, the next team on the NFC is, is the Vikings at 15. Player on the hot seat? Of course, it's Kirk. <laughs> Always Cousins is in a contract year for the fourth time in his career, first since he signed with the Vikings. They decided against re-signing him, uh, and uh, the you know it, it, it'll it'll remain to be see what happens because you know he'll he'll be a free agent next year. Yep, um, of course he'll be 35, 36 years old. Uh, you know. They, it, there's a lot of uh there's another article here on ESPN about the four teams that are expected to drop off the most this year and who is listed first the so Minnesota Vikings how,
1: how could you not
0: well they finished with a negative point differential and they finished uh their DVOA on on defense was 28 yeah, and offense was like 21st or something right yeah so you know they um they, you know, the the one thing that was big about them is that they played uh, in the fourth quarter better than any team in like a decade. Pretty
1: easy schedule, so and, I mean, they, one of their wins, I mean, against Buffalo, I mean, you could probably play that game a million more times. Than, I don't know if the Vikings win it again.
0: Well, and um, like uh, you know, uh, we we reviewed the the Bears Vikings game. Um, I certainly felt like Chicago was in a position that they could have won that game. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the the Buffalo game was just wacko.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the Vikings, I mean, when they went up against good teams, they, they got smoked pretty much. So I, I think 14 is probably high for them. I mean, I guess you kind of have to grandfather them in if they won 13 games last year and they're right. bringing back the same coach and quarterback. But, yeah, I don't see it with them this year. They have lost some pieces. I, I know they upgraded at defensive coordinator. So maybe that helps them there a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I just think they got a lot of luck last year. They got a lot of good bounces at a pretty easy schedule. I just, I could see them finishing below 500. So I, I would go lower than 14 for them.
0: Um, and our next one is number 20. That's where the cheese balls are um person on the hot seat GM Brian Knitz <laughs> or however pronounce his name Guda Kunst, whatever uh, I, anyway um, i think they, the packers are better than the vikings uh, you know they do have a really pretty solid roster it's all about love nobody knows exactly what you're going to get out of that guy yeah. um i to me i think it's silly there's a lot of people on uh, uh a lot of bears fans on Uh, on Twitter that are all, you know, uh, this guy's going to be terrible. Nobody knows. Right. You know, and he, he did get to sit behind a Hall of Fame player for three years. And the Packers have had three years to evaluate him.
1: I know not in games, but they've seen him in practice. They've seen him in film room. Yeah. If he was terrible, I don't think they'd be turning over the keys to the car to him, so...
0: Uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll certainly see. Um, you know, I for one am rooting for them to just fall into a deep pit. Oh, it, so. would, it would be it would, <laughs> it would be great if they were awful. <laughs> the more they suck, the happier I am. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, okay, so what number do you think our boys are uh, at? So it's got to be below twenty
1: one. Yep. Um, just running through the list of teams that I think are probably worse. I am I'm gonna go like twenty five
0: pretty close 24 right. actually uh, their post draft ranking was 27 and they actually moved up three spots so that's got to be 24 what, and so who's the player on the hot seat that's got to be the quarterback nope huh? Vailus Jones Jr. the <laughs> JJ. Okay. Which I which I thought yeah. A, I was like that's a, a weird pick. A bottom of the roster player. Yeah, that's Courtney Cronin. That's her pick. Um the Bears wide receiver room is more crowded now than it was during Jones' rookie season, which leaves little room for error when it comes to issues of ball security. Last you put season Ken- Ken- Jones Kendall Vildor on the hot seat. Yeah, right? Exactly. La- uh, last season Jones fumbled 3 times muff 2 points in the fourth quarter of losses, which cost him his job as a returner. He has had he has had steady work at receiver with the second team offense and coaches see potential for him to be used on jet sweeps and gadget plays. But Jones path to the 53 man roster comes via his special teams contributions and a muff punt in the preseason opener against Tennessee doesn't do much to help his case. Uh, I, I don't know. To me, that's a really weird choice. Um, does is anybody uh, that is a Bears fan going to be that shocked if Dallas uh, Jones doesn't make the team? No, uh, I, I don't think so. It's um, also like
1: not that unheard of for a third round pick to not be
0: good. Yeah, and, and you know if 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 he's a bust, he's a bust. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, you need to see your third round picks make make us uh, make a contribution. Um, but uh, you know, uh, if he doesn't, he doesn't. That uh, that's. That's certainly not the worst possible scenario of all things that could happen. Also, you know, maybe uh, maybe they do uh, think about they they move him to the practice squad. Yeah. Does Valus Jones seem like a player that would have trouble moving to the practice squad? Probably not. Now I can think of like ten more players that
1: have hotter seats. Play, players oh, yeah. or coaches. I mean, I I think I honestly think Eberflus is is the answer to that, and I, I'm not. Lying when I'm saying that, I mean, if this season doesn't go well, there's going to be Bears fans that are calling for a change of coach. Oh yeah,
0: there, um, there,
1: there's expectations here. If this if if this team goes five and twelve, and the offense looks bad, that Bears, there'll
0: be some there'll be some serious conversations about coaching. Yeah,
1: so I mean, and, and and a quarterback change too, right? So I mean, there's bigger names that are on the hot seat, but. All right, I mean, twenty fifth feels. I mean, that's that's twenty fourth.
0: Is that where we are? Yeah, it feels about right. Um, and and like you said, JF one as well. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that we have to see a better passing game out of him. Now, you and I personally both think that he is capable of that, and we will see it. I I I I believe it even more um, with just the relationship that he's developed with DJ Moore and this is the first time that Chicago fans are going to get to see uh, a young quarterback in his prime playing with another young uh, top flight receiver in his prime. And we really haven't seen that before. The closest that we've come was Cutler and Marshall. Uh, But even they were later on in their careers. Right. Um, So, you know, that's something that's to me is by far the most exciting storyline coming out of Chicago. But, if we don't see a major improvement in the passing game, there's going to be talk about... Everybody fired. Uh, yeah. And 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 the Bears will still be in position uh, coming in the next draft to maybe get one of those top-flight quarterbacks. So, Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, let's hope this doesn't happen, but if things start poorly for the offense and you just kind of look at the start of the year and the schedule, I mean, they could start off 1-5, and if the... Offense looks really bad. There's going to be people saying you should tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May or one of these prospects, but let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, I really don't think it's going to. I don't either. I I think the offense is going to look good. The the line is concerning.
0: They're going to have problems, and right, you just hit it. The line is the biggest concern right now. I certainly was expecting more at this point from the line than they're showing right now. But we're not to week one yet, so we can't jump to a whole bunch of conclusions about it. But I certainly think that that JF1 and DJ2 are going to be really exciting to watch. Just before we sign off here, where, where are the
1: Panthers on this list? Because uh, let's
0: see here. They're, they're, Bears fans
1: have to realize that we've got an entire season ahead of us of caring about the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I personally think that they suck. A lot of people, I think like them i
0: thought that they would be farther down um there's
1: like some love for them and i don't really number
0: 22
1: yeah i don't really which understand is surprising why. I, I guess they got a good defense the line's supposed to be good but their skill positions are awful and they got a rookie quarterback so
0: dead last is the arizona cardinals this should be a surprise to nobody and uh you know they have uh they might end up there's a distinct possibility they can end up with pick number one and pick number two. Sure. I mean, the Texans are bad too. So yeah, the Texans are number 31. All so, right. so I guess, I mean, that's,
1: that's all I've got. We've got one more week of this preseason from hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess we'll see who's hurt by the time we record next.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, but it, it, I'm just—I'm so anxious to see Week One roll around. week <laughs> the leading up to that Sunday is going to be nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, that that that
1: morning's going to suck. It's going to be just suckin'. like the the t- from whenever I wake up until that ball kicks off, and it's a three o'clock game too. Oh yeah, that's so, right. So we have got all day. Ugh. That's uh, that's going to take some mental preparation, I think. Yes, but yes. Don't have to worry about that for a couple of weeks. Until then, I mean, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the cutdowns. We'll talk about the final preseason game. And let's just hope things look a little healthier than they do right now.
0: Yep. Bear down. But
1: that's all we got. Talk to you next week.